Hello and welcome to the Family Brand Podcast. My name is Chris. I'm a husband, a father, and an entrepreneur. My name's Melissa, and I am a wife, mother, former nurse turned real estate investor. And we believe the greatest gift you can give your child is a last name that stands for something. Your last name is your family's brand. If you are a parent who wants to raise your child to know who they are, love who they are, and believe in who they are, this show is for you. We promise to bring you real and authentic conversations with parents and experts who are committed to making their family their life's most important work. This show will help you take a stand for your family and to raise your children by design, not default. Okay, welcome back. <laughs> after after we stopped recording the last episode, me and Graham kept talking about gaming and I was like, you know what? This is not a conversation that we've ever had on the podcast and he was dropping some gold after I stopped recording about the benefits of it. And, you know, if you listen to our prior episode, me, I have some limiting beliefs around my kids playing games and being gamers. So I would love to use this next few minutes to let's like work through these and talk about these. This is completely off the cuff. None of this is premeditated. It's just like, okay, let's hit record, see where this goes. But you were telling me that you feel like there's a lot of benefits to gaming, especially for children who maybe don't learn in a certain way or aren't motivated in a certain way that gaming is really beneficial. So maybe just start there and tell me. Yeah, we'll, what... go, we'll go. We'll see where we end up. Yes. Yeah. No, I think the conversation we're having was like, I think for the right people with the right games, gaming can be one of the most powerful education tools we've ever had it is such a strong kind of dopamine mix of like task reward incentive move forward that there are things i kind of willingly immersed myself in and learned in a gaming context super young that i never would have dove into in school or in a textbook and like things around both economics and macroeconomics. I mean, for me, it was an obsession in World of Warcraft and currency in World of Warcraft. And there's an auction house and there's kind of all kinds of trade between servers, between regions. And you can learn so much trying to get ahead in the game and currency. But you also take a step back. And this is where I was fortunate to have the right kind of mentors early on that were kind of like, hey, there's, there's some transferable knowledge here of like the world is kind of works the same way and currency works the same way and i've talked to a lot of kids that have been like hyper passionate about minecraft and have memorized so many recipes in minecraft and understand so much about the nuance of resource management and have configured servers to set up a minecraft server and do all this stuff and like if you took it out of a gaming context and we're purely here's a textbook here's a task understand of like how many how many of this converts into that and then how many of those convert into the next thing and you have to have 20 of these to make something. So how many of the raw base material do you need? Like they would never get excited about it, but you put it in a game and all of a sudden you've got kind of 10, 11, 12 year olds that are kind of mathematical, statistical experts at how this all comes together and they've memorized it and they can recite it. And for me, that's where gaming becomes really powerful. And I think it really does depend on the type of game you're getting into. And that's where I think there is a role for parents to play is understanding what the game is and, and maybe being a bit of that coach on what the knowledge is that can come out of the game and what skills are getting developed. But yeah, it's, it's also funny. I think a lot of what I learned about 
leadership and group management came from leading teams in World of Warcraft when I was like 14 or 15. And you had to organize 20, 30, 40 people to do the same thing at the same time every night and spend four hours working together and everyone's got a job. And if one person doesn't do their job properly, everyone fails. That's team management. That's that's literally people management just in the context of a video game. So, yeah, I think there's there's a lot of cool stuff there. I told Graham that I did not grow up using video games. That was just something that my mom, for whatever reason, I don't know why she had this belief, but she just was like, we're not we don't have that in our house. And so I think for me, there's like maybe a lack of knowledge or a lack of. First of all, if you put me on a video game, I'm clueless. Like, I'm the person you do not want on your team <laughs> when you're talking about teams. And so I just think that I think that's part of it is maybe a lack of awareness and knowledge and maybe some a little bit of fear, like future projecting, like, oh, if my child gets really into this, like, what if they can't hold a job or what if they can't do these things? Again, all silly, silly beliefs that if I'm really looking at I'm like, that, those are, that's probably not even true, but just beliefs that I hold. So I love what you're saying about how these skills that they are, are learning, that they can learn in gaming, that these are transferable skills that are absolutely applicable um, in the real world. And, you know, using yeah. you as an example and your best man who <laughs> you run a company of 50 plus people, he's now a lawyer. Super successful law. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. So if there's a parent listening who feels like, I don't know, yeah, what would be your advice to me? Maybe just to me. Start with education. I think that's the big thing is spend a little bit of time investing in your own education on both sides of it, right? And we, we touched on this a little bit when we weren't recording, but like when you look at gaming as an industry or gaming from a parent's perspective, you can find extreme advocates on both sides of the spectrum. If you're looking to educate yourself, don't limit yourself to just one side. Go look at content from both. Go look at the best and hear some of the, the counter arguments and the concerns because I think there's, there's so much there that is kind of this like hidden, cool community around some of the most basic games out there that nobody if you're not in it you don't know about it but if you're in it you're part of this thing that is bigger than you are there are some of the some of the best international events i've been to ever have been around gaming community and some of the most welcoming incredible crowds i've been in have been at massive gaming events um just actually as you were speaking of like i've never been in gaming there was such a surreal and cool thing that happened a year or two years ago in kind of the like super casual gaming space um there was a game that came out on the switch and i'm as i'm telling this i'm gonna completely forget the name but it's like a farming happy whatever basic game but what was funny is once a week there was this event that happened in the game where you could plant turnips and your island had a turnip price on it that was fixed for the week. And it ranged from like, I don't know, we'll say a dollar to $500. And if you got a, if your island was buying turnips for $500, people could make a lot of money in the game on your island. And what you saw is people from ranging from like kids up to adults took to Twitter at the time and were sharing their island and their price and inviting people from all over the world to come sell turnips on their island because that week they had a really good price. 
And this whole unintentional economy and social community showed up on Twitter of people connecting and sharing and helping each other sell turnips. I'm like, we saw celebrities inviting people to their islands and were like waving on camera on the switch and doing different things as like they were helping people or or reaching out and be like, my island sucks this week. Anyone have a good turnip price? And like little things like that, I think are just so incredible when you look at gaming as a social vehicle for people to connect. The reality is for anyone raising kids today, your kids are going to be living in a digital world, right? Like the whole world is digital at this point. And so from my perspective, at least it's, it's more about helping arm them and equip them with how to handle the digital world and how to understand the tools that are out there and how to kind of manage relationships there than trying to control all of it. Cause I, I, we know it can't be controlled. We've all been on the internet. Um, and I mean, as all kinds of new technologies come out, it, it evolves very quickly. And a lot of it is trying to find that positive and trying to find those learning opportunities. Cause I think what was interesting is we helped some I think, young cousins of my wife when the turnip craze was going navigate social media, navigate how to like find the right hashtags, find the right people that were going to invite them to their Island to sell their turnips. And like, there was no chat in the game. So there's nothing like high risk that was happening. It was literally like people collaborating to sell turnips, but it was this, this super surreal thing that happened when I think a lot of countries were in lockdown and it was this really funny, unintended thing. Yeah. So it's, I don't know, to me, gaming is a pretty, pretty surreal and cool world where you can learn anything from kind of social leadership and team leadership to economics and banking and saving and resource management. But you can also be pulled into like crazy, toxic, negative communities. So it's, it starts with education and then goes from there. Sorry, that was a long-winded answer. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's good. I love it. Um, When you say, you know, you could get pulled into these maybe negative communities, or you mentioned a second ago, um, there's more high risk things in certain games. Is there anything particular you would um, suggest parents like look out for or are made aware of as their kids are getting into a new game or something? Yeah, I think being very aware of the, um, I guess, community the kids are going to be exposed to, right? Like, it's great to have online communities and play with other people. I think that social interaction is really important. Understand, though, like there's games that do a good job, I think, of curating a kind of young audience and creating as much as possible a safe space or having um, kind of strictly enforced policy around harassment and um, profanity filters and things like that. But there's other games that, I mean, I see some kids get thrown into like a Call of Duty lobby with voice chat with, and you've got nine-year-olds screaming and swearing at 40-year-olds who are screaming and swearing back at them. It's like, that's not the best environment, potentially. But... So I would say be aware of what communication is like to me, to me, at least it's less about the maturity rating of the game, because that tends to relate a lot more to the violence or graphics in the game. I think that's that's a personal choice for whatever people want to do. The real exposure comes from is there voice chat? Is there open text chat? Are they communicating with people? What is that community like? Like it doesn't take a ton of research to go online and just see what the general kind of flavor is of a, of an, a given community. There's certain gaming communities that are known for being not super welcoming to new players, not super welcoming, welcoming to younger players, or you can 
set up parental controls on gaming accounts, on gaming systems. Definitely take advantage of those. Definitely be aware of how those tools work. They're all made to be fairly um, user-friendly and fairly unintimidating to get into. So do that. And I would also say if your kids are, depending on the age, but if your kids are getting into new games, play with them for the first little bit. Experience it together so that you have context and you have some understanding of what they're getting into and what they might be exposed to. Yeah, and if you're really if you're really nervous, play a little bit on your own first. I think that's that's one of the big things is there's so many parents that are so far disconnected from the gaming side and their kids are immersed in it. Like that to me is more challenging than both being removed from it. Like I love your questions of like if we're going to get into this, what do I need to know? It's like, yeah, it starts with you understanding so that they're not kind of on an island and if they encounter something, you have context to talk about them, talk about it with them. I, I have vivid memories and these were like, I, I'm going to say like quasi traumatic at the time, but like taught me so much when I was little where I like fell for fake advertisements in a game and lost items or like lost things I'd worked really hard for. And then I was like, okay, you learned from that and you kind of don't fall for the same thing the next time. And it's like, it made me a much more savvy internet user, but like I had nobody to talk to about it at the time and there was no resource about it. But I think also understanding that, I mean, it also encouraged really positive behavior. I found lots of people when I was starting games were very welcoming to new players, would give you all kinds of stuff, would teach you the ropes because they were excited that there were more people in the community. Yeah, I think it's a cool thing parents and kids can go through together, especially when the kids are a little bit younger kind of getting into it. Yeah, I I really like that, that suggestion of doing it together because I feel like there is sometimes a disconnect and even for myself like I said I'm not a great gamer so when my kids do want to game I'm always like I have no clue what you're doing or what buttons to push Um, (laughs) and so I can see how me being willing though to be a beginner also and being willing to figure it out and like be in there with them how that would be not even just good from a safety standpoint but even like spending time together, like a bonding, a bonding standpoint oh, yeah. where we have this common shared hobby and conversation and an activity that we could do together. Yeah, it's, I, I've had the opportunity to play with other families that play games like World of Warcraft and Diablo and even played in kind of fairly competitive settings with like parents and kids. And it's been such a cool thing to see, especially parents with older kids like I are. There was a big um, World of Warcraft thing a few years ago with Classic coming out. And I think we had a a group in our guild that was like two parents and their two university age kids that were all living in different parts of the country. And then two nights a week, every every week, they were on for four hours playing together and doing this thing. And it was like, that's a really cool family dynamic. And they all kind of get to hang out and spend that time together, even though they've all kind of moved out and are doing their own thing. I think there's... Yeah, there's some some really cool value there. Yeah, one of the things we talk about in Family Brand in our program is this research out of the New University of Nebraska that talks about how families, the strongest families, they spend quality time together in in great quantities. And so as you're saying this, I'm like, although that's not, this is not an activity that we currently do as a family, I could see how for some families and maybe ours in the future, this is a really cool opportunity to spend to spend time together working on common goals and common games and it's family it's family togetherness yeah and and it's family togetherness that can continue remotely 
Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the other things that's really cool about gaming is like because it's international, because it's online, you can do it all in the same house, all on the same couch, or all sitting around a table together. Or you can do it when people are visiting somewhere else or they've they've moved out from home or whatever. It's it's kind of a cool way to stay in touch. It's my my wife and I laughed when a little bit when um people were going a little bit stir crazy at home. We're like, I haven't seen anyone. It's like 90% of our social calendar continued to exist because it was still <laughs> online mm-hmm. and not affected by us needing to go anywhere. Which was which was really an interesting observation because I think a lot yeah. of the people that had that kind of community pre-built were almost pre-equipped for like we have an online social calendar mm-hmm. and world that that can exist in person but has a good backup of like, oh yeah, we can't get together. Okay, we'll do stuff online instead. Yeah. Okay, I've last I think we're we're pushing our time here, but I do have one last question. If you were to recommend um two things, someone that maybe didn't have a gaming system like myself, where would you what would be some a system you would recommend they start with? And then are there any specific games that you would say these would be good, a good place to start, you know, as a family? Yeah, I would definitely say an ent- a good entry console would be the Switch, the Nintendo Switch. Um, it's super family friendly. Oh, it's portable. That's the word. Um, so you can take it with you if you're traveling. I think okay. it's the most affordable of all of them. And is designed to have a lot of good kind of family fun games. And I'm just remembering like the, the name of the game that I was talking about before is Animal Crossing. Um, oh, with the turnips? Yes, <laughs> that is the turnip game. Animal Crossing is a single player game, but you can have kind of multiple, I think you can have multiple accounts and multiple people can play on the same on the same system. So I would definitely look at the Nintendo Switch as kind of a, a good entry point, depending on the age of the kids as well. Like, what their interest is and what kind of like you can get into kind of racing games that can be a lot of fun with multiplayer. We probably plan to introduce introduce our daughter into the world of Pokemon fairly early on because for both my wife and I, that was kind of like our first big games that we got into was the Pokemon games. And she has a million different Pokemon stuffed animals at this point that she drags around and knows a couple of their names. So we think that'll be, that'll be a starting point and that's all in the Nintendo world. But honestly, a lot of it is starting with a little bit of that research and go look at what the top games are and what resonates with you. What do you Mm -hmm. games are vehicles for storytelling. They're kind of vehicles to experience really cool worlds. So what kind of, what kind of stories and worlds appeal to you or your kids? Okay, this was a very awesome, unexpected bonus little podcast episode we threw here at the end, but I'm so glad you were down yeah. to do this. Um, and I, this was fun. Yeah, it was fun having this conversation and I learned so much for you. So thank you for challenging my, my beliefs about <laughs> gaming. I really appreciate it. And I think this conversation will benefit more than just me. So thanks, Graham. My pleasure. Thank you so much for entertaining the extra, extra recording session. This was awesome. Thank you so much for listening to the Family Brand Podcast. To say thank you, we have something really awesome we'd love to share with you. You know, we often hear from families who will tell us that they just feel so overwhelmed because of the demands that are placed on them. They feel like they're constantly being pulled in so many different directions and spread thin and they're spending time as a family, but they don't feel like it's quality time. They're not really connected and they want to be more intentional. And we can certainly relate because we felt like that at one point in in our family. And so we created a guide that allowed us to really be more confident around how we spend time as a family. 
and what we say yes to and what we say no to. And it's just brought so much more peace into our home. It's made our lives so much more simple and we want to share it with you. So if you go to familybrand.com forward slash free, you can download the how to take back your family's time guide. And I can promise you, it'll give you more confidence and more peace in your life than your family. One last thing, we feel so inspired when we hear from families that we are making a difference for them. We would love it if you would leave us a five-star rating and a review on the podcast so we can reach even more amazing families. We truly believe that the way we change the world is one family at a time.